Hey guys, I'm Danny. And I'm EJ. And this is the Your Living Proof Podcast. Where we talk about addiction and how it affects the family, from the brutal to the beautiful and everything in between. Okay, we are back. We took a little break. We partied with our people for these last couple weeks before stupid school starts up again. What? And I Why I, stupid school? I fight. I fight it really hard, guys. I, as much as I love structure, I love all my people being home and having... Oh, okay. So it's your own control so issues. So it's my... Yes, it's my personal Hey, struggle. there's a lot of heated issues around school right now. So I understand it. Yeah. But it's, it's also something you have to go through. It's pushing all my mama bear buttons pretty hard right now. All right. But... All right. Um, I'm glad to know your buttons get pushed by things other than me. That's true. Danny is a master button pusher. Only with her. <laughs> Well, but some people, strangers and my wife. Yeah, it's fine. We're, we're, we're dealing. It is. We're it's just when I it. need her attention. Um, but we did, we partied up in Wyoming. Yeah. We took a little break. It's so critical for our family to, regardless of all of the things that we're involved in, in life, we'll always just say, we will miss out on some things at home, but we need to reset. And so we go and retreat to our favorite place in the world our ranch up in Wyoming, and we totally disconnect from life and connect to each other. Yeah, literally unplug because a lot of the devices that own us are, they don't work so well up there. No, they I don't. I mean, there are, there are places they do, and you get little moments where reception comes and goes, but it's a good chance to disconnect. Yeah. Got to do it. And and because of the last year, and we've talked about it before, but we we got rid of screens in our house, and so... We picked up um, a new hobby, um, dirt biking, and so on motocross. So my boys ride up all over the mountains, up behind the cabin in Wyoming with Danny, and they mobbed deep this this last trip. And yeah, they, they did started some, getting a little. They got a little it, cocky. They did. It started making me a little bit looking sick. for trouble. And it was funny because I was following behind, like watching them, just because I was curious to see how they would negotiate these like huge climbs that they were trying to do for the first time. And I, I'm on the four wheeler watching them and I see my oldest son coming down, which is always scarier than going up, going down is way harder trying to hold the bike. And he got into a little trouble and I, he, he dropped the bike and he was kind of got stuck. And I was like, Oh my gosh, hurry. Like, I'm like jumping off the four wheeler, like running up to pick up the bike for him. And Danny's like, Hey, Hey, slow down. Stop. Yeah, no, I actually almost had to <laughs> physically stop her. She started to move and I stopped her and we had this little parenting moment, right? There was this. There was a discussion. There was a pivotal moment. <laughs> I was do like, we, you've got to help save him. him or let him figure it out. Yeah. And Danny's like, hey, Dom, you've got this. Pick up the bike. Breathe. You, you're, you're not stuck. You just need to do this and do that and you can do it. And he was kind of giving, giving him these instructions and I'm sitting here going, no, just run up, just pick up. Yeah. She was pretty mad for a minute at me. (laughs) I just didn't want him to get hurt and I didn't want him to get into more trouble. But here's the funny thing. He was, he was overwhelmed. Like I could see he, he took off his helmet he was kind of like, I can't do it. I can't, I'm my, my tires stuck under here. I can't do it and help. And Danny's like, you can, you can calm down, you can pick it up, you can move it, you have to do it like this. And also, hey, you got to, you have to understand if he was in serious danger, like if there was serious danger, 
I would have gone to help, but I could see that this is something he could navigate through as difficult of the situation as it was. But you have to tell him what happened when he came down. Well, so this is the thing. So he did figure it out. Like it took him a solid, you know, few minutes, but he, he muscled it up. He had to actually break part of a tree that had already fallen down and like physically pick it up and move it to to clear the path so and that he pick could his get bike down. Back up. And then he picked his bike back up and he he went all the way down and he came down where we're, I'm sitting there like almost in tears, like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And he high fives Danny. He's all, oh yeah. I, totally, I did that. I totally got it. He felt like he was six feet he was tall. Like his King chest Kong. is puffed out. Yeah. He's like, I just did that. Sweat's dripping down his face. Yeah. He's like, did you see that, dad? Yeah. And then the best part was he was like, I'm going to go up and try it again. And I was like, oh, no, you're not. You yeah, were going she back shut that down. But, but the next day he actually did go back and he did it again. And he like corrected the problem and he didn't you know, crash or anything. It was so cool. It was, it was a it was cool awesome. little parenting moment. It was. It was one where I realized what the beauty is in having these two, two parents, two perspectives. In that moment, I'm like, I'm going to rescue him. And Danny was like, no, you're not. You're going to let him have the space to figure this out and to gain the confidence that he can do it. And... It was actually awesome. Yeah, and it was amazing because we talk about addictions a lot, and it's the same principle. When someone finds themselves in a bad situation, everyone in the family reacts differently. Yeah. So the parallels to this story were really cool, but ultimately it it, it comes down to being prepared so that when those moments happen that you know how to to react. So. Amen. It's a cool and story. Thank, thank goodness for all of the gear, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They have so much gear. It it definitely saves them from breaking body Hey, parts. and other news, though, I don't know. There's a lot of talk about, you know, COVID and masks and things being locked down again. Those kind of consume the news, and there's also, like, all the political drama. But in recent news, there's a monster's fortune is what they called it in Fox George Epstein's survivors were recently awarded 125 million from the billionaire's estate. So a tiny little drop in the bucket. But I thought, wow, that's kind of cool. All the people who were affected by this man's sex addiction are now not only being heard, but somewhat compensated, at least some of them. And we all know this is just a drop in the bucket, like I said, but still cool to see. Yeah. The exposure to that. So Amen. I thought that was kind of a cool little story. Any right that can be made out of that is a win. Yeah. So if you're not aware of that situation, it's kind of a real harsh. uh, Well, it's the end of the road. It's the end of the road of what happens. Right. And we always talk about addictions being progressive. It is the only thing I've witnessed in all of my years being involved in this. This work is that that is true regardless of what the addiction is. Yes. So if you haven't picked up on it yet, this week's episode is part two of porn. Porn addiction there and it sex is. addiction. Porn. We we felt like it. we needed another episode. Well, it probably this. could be five or six episodes. First of all, we're not here to give all the solutions to this problem. I just want to clarify that, that this episode could be talked about over and over, right? This yeah. could lead into five or six more different episodes. And unfortunately it's not talked about enough it no. still hides in secrecy it hides in secrecy more than and we talked about this on the last episode it's more accept- acceptable now to talk to your girlfriends or talk to your your friends at church or in whatever organization you you know you socialize in to be at the gym yeah hey my son you know he's an alcoholic i found out my son's using drugs 
that's an easier dialogue for people to have than my son's addicted to masturbating pornography, a sex addiction. It's just not something people talk about. However, it's everywhere. Right. And it's threatening every single one of our children, everyone listening to this and every person walking on the face of the planet, you and or your children are going to be exposed to this, whether you want to be or not. Now, not all of you are going to have someone come up and offer you to buy marijuana or a bag of cocaine, but everyone will see imagery, imageries and, and temptations in sexual form. Right. Every day. Right. So, and if not every day, regularly enough that you better understand what's going on. Right. So, so I, I think that today what we really want to focus on is how do I prevent this from ending in a ball of flames, no, right? Yes. Because Danny works with, Danny's on the other side where he's working with people who are saying, my life is totally out of control because I have an addiction to pornography and I'm I could lose my family over this. We want to get way ahead of that and help more parents and more adults who, you know, might have some stewardship over some over kids in some way, the tools to feel really comfortable. And how do I, how do I lead in this moment? How, how to do play I, offense instead of defense? Yeah. How do I address this with those that I love? So I think we just really want to talk about. No, we do. Points. And before we get into it, I, I'm always one that tries to draw some, com some common ground. We're not here with all of the answers. We're, we're hoping to create a dialogue and to give people some resources, some tools right. to, again, play offense with this, to, to, to face this head on. Yeah. I, obviously, I've studied and I've learned these things. I've put them in practice doing what I do. But all of these and this topic included, I've had issues with myself. Believe it or not, hope that's not going to rock anybody's world here. But yes, during my life, I've had problems with pornography. I think every person should get to a point where they can admit that just to draw a little bit of, you know, insight to that. I met my wife now, um, when I was early in recovery, we just had our anniversary. 13 oh years yeah. Last week. 13. We're teenager now. <laughs> Something we're forced to be reckoned with. It feels really legit. You guys, it does. It's amazing. <laughs> it's been hard, but we're now in the, we're in the glory days, yeah. but early on in our marriage. And I just want to sum this up real quick. I was early in recovery from an addiction to drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Like a year rebuilding. And I was working hard, right? Mm -hmm. I was doing a program. I was working hard. I mean, the layers of support that I had in my recovery program were intense and I was doing it. And early in our marriage, um, we, we had had a, a first child, I believe. Yep. Um, I developed an addiction to pornography and it started out as something, a form of entertainment, curiosity, I don't know, just some sort of distraction. I'm not going to bore you with all the details of that, but the, here's how it ended. My wife found out, obviously on my phone, mm -hmm. she caught something. And the next thing I knew, I was sitting there as a grown man, proud of being in recovery to one of the most brutal addictions to drugs and alcohol, now finding myself hindered by something else. And I'm sitting in my living room of my home with my parents and your parents, right? Mm-hmm. And my wife and everyone looking at me. Because I pulled the alarm. She did. She pulled the alarm. And I had this moment, right? This moment of truth. And it was the most humbling moment of truth to have to look her dad, my dad, 
both of our moms in the face and admit to this problem. However, it was a pinnacle moment because right then I had to be accountable and acknowledge how serious this was, how threatening this was, and put into place every single same principle that I had learned in recovery yep. from substance, alcohol, and different substances. So there was no difference in how I approached it. Right. There's no difference. But when I look back, it, it was so easily justified as in curiosity. I'm working so hard. It was kind of a distraction. It's a form of entertainment, blah, blah, blah. It ended up doing what it does to or every single. Or it's not as harmful as doing actual drugs. Yeah, exactly. I'm not hurting anybody. Oh my gosh, look at me. I just recovered from yeah. uh, since, synthetic not, drug addiction. shooting up heroin, so this is fine. Woo. We're a lot better road off. No, we're not. We're actually threatening the livelihood of our family and our marriage just as much now as we have at any point in my life. So I come to you as someone who has been through this, who has struggled with this. So I'm not here trying to proclaim, I read this in a book. I've studied this. I, someone once told me that if, if you have an addiction to pornography, this happens. No, it's, it's something I, I lived through. Right. And we lived through it together. And I've also been through it with countless other people over the years. Yeah. So I just want to harp on the fact that we stated this already. I'm going to state it again. Pornography and any other addiction is progressive. No matter where you are at, as harmless as it may seem in the beginning, it always progresses. And I shared that settlement with George Epstein, right? If you haven't seen that story, this is like the end of the road, as crazy as it gets. Yeah. But unfortunately, I'll tell you, if you don't die or get arrested beforehand, that's where these stories end up. Right. No one ever has a pornography no addiction. No one ever, ever has a healthy addiction with it. Or is an alcoholic and lives to be happily ever after. Right. Just doesn't happen. So we're obviously very passionate about this because we understand how it affects families and, and relationships. And that affects every single one of us, no matter what. If you're married, single, divorced, anything. You need to understand how this affects society. So what our purposes today is to talk about a couple points that we know will help you prevention have these prevention. conversations okay. i think i shared it in the last episode did i talk about the burning building i yeah, did right i think so but just just to reiterate that story i i got to sit in a room with some of the most prestigious leaders in the state where i reside and one of the most well-known figures in the mental health industry in my state gave this analogy our treatment center which is a world-class treatment center is like a burning building. People are in it. The building is on fire and everyone's jumping out of the window. We might save a few. So what does that mean? Well, when it gets to that point, right? When it gets to be that big of a problem, there's a way to approach it and things you can do, but it is a tough battle. Right. So like my wife said, what we want to share today are a few little tools and resources. That how we, can we never get there? Yeah. How right? can we prevent getting to that point? Because that is your greatest weapon, Right. There are both sides to this topic. If it is an issue, what do we do? Okay, that's separate. What we want to talk about is how do we prevent this be from becoming an issue? Right. Threatening our, our family. Because we cannot control everything about what our kids see, but we can control how they perceive it. Yeah. How how they understand it. And, and That's our job. And on the first point here is that's a good introduction. I think a lot of parents worry about talking about this topic. Yes. If I talk about it, what? So this is interesting because I've, I've had this conversation with more than a handful of parents who all have the same thought, which is, well, I don't want to, 
I don't want to talk to my kids about pornography because I, I think they're too young and I don't want to be giving them any ideas. Like I don't want to be planting these seeds because if they don't know about it yet, I don't want to be the one who's bringing it up. And I'm like, uh, that's literally the well, worst. Whoever's saying that when plan. they when they were younger, that might have right. been applicable. And that's right? the thing is, I think but about we that. didn't have Siri and Google Google in, in our pockets at all times. That's how we were raised in our generation, even up to the last ten years. Like that, that's pretty standard, right? Because the threat wasn't as in the forefront as it is now. But now that's our job, and so. I guess that that mindset right there just needs to be completely dropped. Yeah, and if it, you wonder how to do it, we you know there's a book called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures on Amazon. Highly recommend it. That yeah. would be a great starting point. But the point is is making the word pornography normal in your household. You are the one that's going to introduce that word because you're the one that needs to shape the perception. Yeah, and if there, there's no there's no bigger threat directly from the adversary in the lives of everyone, right? There's nothing else you can really say that would affect everybody, but this topic would. Absolutely. Every single home will so be affected. So you don't want to normalize it and talk about it like it's no big deal, but it needs to be a, a topic that can be discussed. Normalize it to the point where it's a, it's a totally acceptable topic to... To discuss in the home yeah, and it's not here, awkward. Yeah, here's the bottom line. If you don't, then... Yeah. Oh, well, your kid's just going to pick up will. your phone and go, Hey, Siri, yep. what's pornography? And or guess, their friend at school is going to tell them about it. Happens. Their buddy on the basketball team. Or yeah. You don't want someone else explaining a complex topic like sex with your child at first other than you. Right. So... That's just for sure. Point number one, make it normal. Be the one to yeah, bring and it use up. that book that I mentioned because it helps. It helps steer the conversation. Yes. It helps loosen your tongue so that you can start talking about. It. And you'll be blown away. The first time we did it with our children, their ages differed. Right? They their understanding was different, but all of them found something that yeah that they understood. They understood, yep. and, and then they had questions about. And the yep. book just helps with the dialogue. So that's just, one. Yeah. Your mindset needs to switch to Don't offense. think that you talking about this is going to trigger them to want to go see it. It's going to show up. It's coming. So be the one that explains to them so that you're playing offense rather than defense. Right. Number two. Safe place. Th- your family needs a safe place. Yeah. And ours, we have this green couch in our bedroom, backs up to the window on the side of our bed, and that is it. Yep. And it, we just established, I mean, we just, we had the conversation, you guys. If you ever need to talk about anything, big, small, scary, whatever, and you just want to have a place to do that in private, just me and you, tell me I, I, I need to go talk to you in a safe place, and I'm all ears. Yeah, and in the beginning, you know, we touched, we touched on this last episode, but in the beginning, we had to practice. We had to tell our kids what it was, and we actually mm-hmm. used examples from ourselves to talk to them about it. Yep. And at first, maybe they would take us back there to the safe place because they wanted to tattle on their brother or sister or something, but slowly they figured it out Yep, and it all all of a sudden became a place that they could take us to and get first get our undivided attention Yep, and second of all talk about things that were difficult because it's hard to do it in a family environment where everyone's being loud and there's no privacy and it's right. hard you got to find a place where they can take you grab your hand and pull you and i see it all the time you know i get jealous because they they grab my wife a lot more than me um and they pull mom back to the safe place but I'm just grateful that they're doing that with yeah, one of us. And and they have learned they've learned it young that 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 is a place that 
that is totally safe from judgment and or it's a positive experience and yeah um and also with that i would say there will come a time when your child will pull you into that safe place and tell you something that you don't want to hear and you need to celebrate that moment it should not be a moment of where you feel like a failure or you are showing that you're disappointed that you know maybe they had Maybe they made a mistake. Um, maybe they looked at porn and they're letting you know. That should be a celebration moment where you are teaching your child, you came to me with something heavy and you let me hold it with you. And I'm here and I'm proud of you for doing that because it's hard. It's something that's maybe is embarrassing or you're, you're worried that I'm going to be mad and I'm not. I'm proud of you for trusting me with that and letting me be in the space with you and we're going to work out a plan to now we're going to work on it to yeah exactly yep. it what it's not it's not a place to go um to be punished and when your child comes to you in that moment it's when you pull them in the closest yeah it is and it, it it's because it correlates exactly with our next point which is the mantra of my life the mantra of our marriage the mantra of my business that is it is our secrets that keep us sick since the day that my dad and brother, you know, 14 and a half years ago, picked me up off the basement floor of that home when I was in and out of consciousness. And from that day till now, going through my own recovery, being involved in recovery, being in re involved in the recovery of many others, and now doing this line of work full time for years, I will tell you that is the single biggest bit of advice I can give people. It is our secrets that keep us sick. So when you say that, what it alludes to is what we just talked about, which is creating a place, creating an environment, being able to talk about things so that no one in your home, those that you love, those that you care about most, do not need to harbor secrets because the secrets will keep them sick. And I just want to say, I mean... I think you guys know, but we have pretty young kids. I mean, our oldest is 11 and then we have an eight year old and a six year old. And we, this, it's our mantra. I mean, we, we say it all the time. They, my kids know it, they understand it. And I surprised Danny a couple weeks ago and I had a bunch of um, shirts made and kid sizes and everything that say our, our secrets keep us sick. And it has the living proof logo on it. And I took my eight-year-old son with me to go pick up the hats and the t-shirts. And I wanted him to walk in the house, you know, dressed up in the gear and, and surprise Danny because he didn't know that I was doing it. And I said, hey, Roman, I'm going to take you on a secret mission. You have to be really quiet about it. Just me and you are going to go. So we went and he didn't even know what we were doing, but we picked up the shirts and he picked up the shirt and he read it and he goes, our secrets keep us sick. Mom. I love this so much. Do you want to know why? And I'm like, why? And he's like, because it's true. And I'm so grateful that daddy told his secret to Papa when he was taking all those pills. And then Papa helped him not be sick anymore. And now he's my dad. Wow. And just the way he understood that was so beautiful. Beyond, beyond words. I just was like, oh my heavens. We've been having these conversations conversations in our home for so long and sometimes you think I don't know that they're getting it I don't I don't know that they're really absorbing this but he is and he 
did absorb it and he understands it on a very deep and personal level. And I love that because now he's going to be able to, be able to relate that to his own struggles as he continues to grow up and they'll come, yeah. you know? And hopefully the part of dad's story that they don't want to happen that will remind them, oh, I got to I gotta tell yeah, somebody. I got to tell somebody. Yeah. So it was, it was just awesome. It is. So, yes, that should be the mantra in everybody's home. Okay, moving on. Okay, number four, expose the enemy. I like this one because I like MMA. Sounds like and a song. <laughs> I need to come. I need to make a. I need to make a jam to that. Expose the enemy. But if you think about it, anytime you're getting in the ring with somebody, you study. You study what they're good at. Like what? What? What are they going to use against me to hurt me? What are they best at? What? What's their? You know? What are their high points? What are their low points? And to me, I'm like that's that's the study that all parents should be doing is w- what's the enemy of my child this pornography is literally like built to break down families and kids and take over their brains. Um, and it does it in such a a fast way, especially in young kids. I was reading a study, um, and I'm going to link it, um, in the show notes saying how, um, kids younger and younger are getting addicted to pornography. And it's because their frontal lobes are, are literally not, they're not fully developed yet. So they don't have the ability to have that thing that we have as adults going, Oh, stop, this isn't good. Or like, stop pressing that button because it's, it's showing me things that I don't want to see. Their brains aren't, aren't able to even catch up that quickly. So before you know it, they've seen all this stuff and they're like, I'm overwhelmed. And then they don't even know why they looked at it or for how long they looked at it. And it, all of a sudden they have, you know, something really difficult that they have to deal with. And so, uh, you know, on that me, note, I've heard that same story from so many young men yeah. when they're, and, and women. But when they're, when this curiosity and this problem started, when they were all way younger, right? Like if we're meeting and they're in their twenties, this is something that started when they were 13, 14, whatever. Yeah. It's that they would start looking at things. And then all of a sudden everyone stated that after hours, I realized I had been sucked into this thing and didn't even realize how long I'd been watching it. I've right. heard that same thing firsthand over and over and over. Right. Um, in this, this article that I'm going to link to, it was really interesting because it was this mom that was like, my worst nightmare happened. I had one of my older kids come to me and tell me that they were struggling looking at pornography. Little did I know my 11 year old son was around the corner hearing the conversation and he was very interested in what, what is pornography? So he just got on the computer and typed it in. Yeah. You can only imagine. Boom. It was like, and she was like, I wish so badly I would have had this conversation with him at the same time or shortly after to explain, Hey, you know, this is what's going on because then this poor little boy came and said, I saw all this stuff and it was crazy. And I, I don't know. I, I was looking at it for a long time. Well, and, and I think it's safe to say all of us wish we lived in that day and age that existed one time. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. Where, where this didn't need to be discussed, yeah. where you could skirt around this topic because you might have a pretty good chance of avoiding it in your home. Yeah. That is not the day and age we live in. Right. We, if we you don't think have there is remotely a chance that your home will go unscathed, unthreatened by this. Right. You have everything <laughs> on lockdown. Wake up. <laughs> wake up. But it's true. I it, use it, my dirty voice. Wake up. It is true. I'm serious. It is the most threatening thing, all encompassing universal threat to every household. 
And to tie this in full circle, I will be the first one to tell you, no one sustains an addiction to pornography at just that. It is progressive. I know you've heard me say it. And you're probably annoyed so many times. That addiction to pornography will progress to where it becomes a sexual addiction they act on or one that causes so much shame and guilt in their life. Mm-hmm. A that secret that they another. harbor, they get so sick. Every single person that starts with pornography then numbs the feeling they get from that. The counter feeling, right? Like the feeling right. from it's amazing, but then the shame and guilt, whatever. Yeah, got to numb that. They can numb it with prescription medication. Yeah. They can go to the doctor. He, They'll give them things that make them feel better because they can disguise it as depression or anxiety. Yeah. Or they find alcohol. Yep. You know how many people who would not be prone to becoming a, a, an addict with pornography eventually go in and they'll go buy like seltzers or something at the gas right. station because they're cute and they're packaged nice. And they take a few of those just to take the pain away. Right. That is just the start of a snowball that just gets bigger and yep. bigger and bigger. So here's the thing. Exposing the enemy is such a powerful concept because in our home, we this is another huge mantra we have. And it is the opposite of addiction is connection. 100%. And what pornography is, is a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit. It is trying to sell you a fake love, a fake connection. One that exists between you and a screen, not between you and another real human. And it is highly addictive and highly dangerous and extremely fake. It's the number one way to insert secrets into people's life. Right. Number one way. People don't want to talk about it. People don't even want to hear about it, to be honest. So what the hell are you supposed to do? Right. You have to be preventative. That's why we today we wanted to touch on those. Because the bottom line is you have to be the one to face the enemy square in the face. It's the best chance that you have to save your kids from heading down a very dark road. Right. You cannot play defense. You cannot approach it in the way that your parents did, unfortunately. This is a new generation and a problem with a bigger, uglier face. A new landscape. And if you aren't you aren't in front of it, your family's gonna ultimately Lose the battle. Yep. So that's what we hope today is to share on some of those. Please, on our website, if you have any specific questions, reach out, send an email. Yep. We would love We would love to hear things that you've tried or maybe questions about some of the things we talked today. But at the end of the day, your best chance of avoiding this destruction in your home is preventative. Your kids are never too young enough. Start now. Make the topic one that's open and available to talk about. Get that book, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, and start the dialogue. Be the one who explains this intense topic with your children. Be the one that explains to them that this is one of the most beautiful, incredible parts to life. But it only comes and it's only beautiful. It's only special when approached the right way. And when it's real. And when it's real. So I just want to say to all the mamas out there, this is your purpose as as the mother in the in your home is to have these conversations. It, it, it never has been more critical for a mother to have this conversation with all of her children, girl, boy, whatever. It has to not just come as a dad talk. It has to come from both. It is. And it has to be comfortable for both. Your children need to understand that you are just as much a, a part of this as their dad and you are their advocate, and you are their safe place. Amen. So 
give us your feedback. We want to hear how you like this episode. And please, we know that there are a lot more people that need to hear this message. So please subscribe and share away. Yeah, we, we, we appreciate your guys' support. It's a topic I know that people don't love, but it's one we all need. And I'm going to link everything in the show notes. So check that for any of the articles that um, or books that we mentioned. Yes. Yes, let's start playing offense instead of defense, guys. We love you very much. Have a great week. 